Who's very silent. That's right. But you told me to shut up. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, no, hello, everyone. <laughs> we are back with yet another episode this week, a very important one, one that everyone's been waiting for, the announcement of the winning module. Yay! <laughs> Reprint contest. So this week what we're going to do, uh, for this episode, we're actually going to talk about the winning module as the show. People like to hear about modules and like to hear ideas what other people make. So after we announce the winner, we're going to head into some stage advice, and then we're going to head into the highlights of the module and tell you a little bit about it, pick and pull things out of it and tell how much we love it or we don't love it. And then uh, Will is going to rant and rave about it and uh, talk directly out of the module for everybody. <laughs> Read Excellent. Page, and uh, then Nick is going to scream at him. So, tell him uh, he's the devil. <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna be the long running joke today. Good lord. Uh, <laughs> so Matt, I'm gonna throw it over to you to give us our winning name and adventure name. Yeah. Well Oh wait, 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 wait. I, I thought we would wait. We would wait. Let's go do all the sage advice and all that. Let's wait. Oh you gonna people you wanna make people wait? I want him to wait because if you tell him now then he says he'll cut the show off and he don't want to listen to the rest of it. Alright, well, <laughs> Well, okay. since Will has spoken. Yeah. <laughs> since Will has spoken, let's go on to Sage Advice. Just a thought. Sage Advice. Sage Advice. Sage Advice. That's right, Sage Advice. We're going to give you more Sage Advice. I'm going to keep saying Sage Advice just to annoy everybody out. No, I'm kidding. Sage Advice is <laughs> brought to you by DM Will, the sponsor of this podcast this week. Yay. Yay. What? You want to... <laughs> <laughs> God. If you want to write in RFISTAF at gmail.com and if you want to call us 570-865-4210 the hotline. Yes, pig faced orcs are standing by for your calls. Yeah. Oh, that was a can. With extra phlegm in their mouth saying hotline. <laughs> That's gross. <laughs> I know. Anyway, we have a very um Interesting voicemail this week. Mm. That would mm. folks out there. And like we said, we play all voicemail, so you can well unless you curse and scream, we won't play it. But too bad. Yeah. So here's the first voicemail. Hello, my name is Christopher. Kind of a friend of Nick's. Just got done listening to your Hackmaster session. I believe it was episode one oh one. Really disappointed. Uh, Nick, you seem to glossed over missed a ton of things, got some things just blatantly wrong. I mean, I understand you probably didn't have a lot of time to go back and actually review things, but you know people that still play that game that probably could have come in and given you some expert opinion out. Not saying I'm one, 
that I haven't played in several years either. Will the whole thing being a joke game and the game has got a, a bad stigma attached to it, nobody that I know plays it any kind of humor except once a year at Origins, there would be a GM-only tournament that was nothing but humorous. Overall, though, you know, I do love the show. I'll keep on listening. Just wish you guys would put a little bit more time into your research. Uh, yeah, okay. So that's the end of the voicemail. I have to, okay. I'll, I'll respond for just a general not doing research. Okay. Uh, I think we did quite a really good job on this, and I think we did our research and we knew the rules, and I just think we did fine. I'm going to let Nick respond to most of it since it was railed mostly at him. So, uh, Nick, go ahead. Here's the microphone. Yes, I would like to take the podium for a moment. <laughs> okay, actually, um, uh, I, I've known Chris for a long time, and I like, you know, shout out to Chris there. I appreciate you, um, you know, giving us a voicemail uh, to the show. Um, I would just like to know where uh, I got things wrong, things that were, as you said, blatantly wrong. I would like to know where I was. If I, if I don't have any specifics on where then I really can't make a whole lot of comment and rebuttal on, on, on what you said. Um, I thought I did my research rather well. I've been part of that community for quite some time. I mean, I pretty much thought I got my facts straight. Um, in fact, uh, you know, either from my own knowledge dealing with the community and also what was right there on, on, uh, on the internet that I could find. So, um, but uh, yeah, there's like I said, there's no real specifics. Oh, I can't really comment on it, and I guess we will just let things as they lay, you know. So and you, were, you were a big person of the Hackmaster Society, weren't you? Well, yeah, I was involved. I actually one year I did do one of the uh, tournaments at Origins 2007, um, I, and uh, known quite a few of the people associated with the game and in that community. As far as knowledge of the rules, I think I'm fairly knowledgeable. Am I an expert? And I don't think I could really make that claim. The only ones who are probably the experts are the people who actually wrote the game. But you know, also looking at uh, the other thing is, you know, we we do this podcast also as, you know, we're not getting paid and we try to do as much as we can with the time that we have, that each of us have. So we, you know, we do what we can. So, um, you know, if we miss some things and we didn't devote a whole lot of time and research to it, well, that's, I guess, really a matter of opinion. But there are time constraints. And the game does refer to itself as a parody. And yeah, it says it right at the beginning of the book. This is a parody of gamers and gaming in general. Now, and however you want to, if you want to leave that parody factor out of the game, that, that's fine. If you don't, then that's fine. Yeah. Yeah, no, nothing right or wrong about it it's just like us we think our game is the greatest game in the world and it is obviously because we do a <laughs> is it no AD&D first edition the superior edition as I like to call it and uh, yeah that's going to be the tag of the show the superior edition yeah. <laughs> and uh, Will I believe he had a comment to you if you I know you yeah it was no big deal, and I, I didn't want him to think it. I may have worded it. I just want people to understand, you know, all our listeners out there, is that when I say something, sometimes I, I'm thinking, 
uh, or I'm speaking before I think my thought catches up with me. So sometimes I may say things kind of funny and everything, and the thought may not get across right the first way. Yes, uh, and you know, it's great to know that all the people that you have played with in your circle have only played, you know, seriously with the game. But that doesn't change the fact that the game wasn't created to be played seriously, to be honest. It is a parody. That's what it is. When, I mean, why would I want to play first edition, advanced Dungeons and Dragons, and then play Hackmaster seriously? That doesn't make no sense. Then it's make it sound like a clone then. Because right. it's a facsimile. That's what I have a problem with that. So that's what my issue is with, with Hackmaster. It's a parody. Some people like to play that kind of, you know, you know, comical and whimsical way. And that's fine. I have no problem with that. However, you know, if you want to play seriously, I'd rather play AD&D. Now, my experience with, with Hackmaster since day one all the way up to now is the majority of people that I know, that I personally deal with, that I have witnessed over the years at gaming conventions throughout the country, use the parody aspect. I have... Uh, I've seen one or two maybe play it somewhat seriously, but still the parody aspect is within the game in certain, you know, certain functions. So, I mean, yeah, it, it just depends on, on, on people's flavor and everything. So you see it from one tangent. I see it uh, well, from one side of the spectrum. I see it from the other side of the spectrum. I'm certain there's a median in there where some people will play the parody aspect and some people will play the serious aspect. And there's no fault in that. However you want to play it. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I want to play seriously, I will play first edition AD&D. If I want to play a whimsical, comical way, then I'll play Hackmaster. Okay. Matt, you have any response? Yeah. I mean, when it comes to games, it ah, it's like for me, Hackmaster's always been that parody and the parody game. I mean, it's wacky. It has the silly, and I kind of enjoy that. Actually, pretty much every game I play has that comedy in it. But as for the comments about the research, um, I'd like some specifics. I mean, I didn't, I wasn't a part of the podcast that day, but I would like to know if we get something wrong, tell us exactly what it was. So that way we know where we're wrong or maybe where you think we're wrong was just a difference in opinion. But it's just saying that we're wrong without specifics, it's kind of hard to judge. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> and then people, we also, you have, you may play with people that only play it seriously but you and when you're deeply involved in something you get very passionate about it you love the game just like we love first edition and sometimes you really need to avoid being caught up in a bubble and not realize what the outside world how the outside gaming world perceives your game the i would say if you were to ask your typical gamer they would see Pac-Master as a comedy rpg you may have a different opinion of that. You may not play it that way, but that's the perception. So a lot of pe- so when people that aren't in your same group have that opinion, realize they do and realize why they have it. It's actually in the book. But, so don't get offended when people take that approach to the game because that's kind of how it was intended for one reason or the other. And actually, not just intended, for legal reasons. Exactly. In order for... Wizards of the Coast to grant Kenzer and Company to the uh, the the rights to use the D and D rules. It was in their contract. They had to put some sort of parody aspect into the game in order to do so. That I know is absolute fact. Right. So at that point, you can't complain when people say it's a parody game, it's a comedy game because it is. It is what it is. Yeah. Yep. 
What do they call it? Goblin Roft or what is it called? What is it called? Robin Loft. Yeah, Robin Loft. Give me a break. <laughs> har har. Anyway, uh, so <laughs> to sum this up, we're right, you're wrong. Anyway. Uh, oh, thanks. <laughs> no, I, I, no, you're no, right. We're just messing around. Yeah. Okay, so let's go on to some emails. First email comes from Crit Taco from the forums. Crit Taco, I like that. <laughs> That's like someone who ate too much Taco Bell. Yeah, yeah. Stay away from Taco Bell. Crit Taco, ow. You know, if you move to Texas, you never eat Taco Bell again, so just let me know that. I know. FYI. <laughs> Is that because they have no Taco Bells there? No, they they have Taco Bells here. Just that Taco Bell is just so horrid compared to the real Mexican food that you get here. Oh, no, there's no doubt about that. Anyway, I am a somewhat new listener, but a fan nonetheless. In my face-to-face game, I'm playing a lawful evil character in the group full of either good or neutral players. And whenever I try to take the road less travel, duh, they usually veto my suggestions. So my question is, do you have any tips for making my peers look at my size of things? Always follow the left wall, Crit Taco. P.S. <laughs> this is directed to you, Nick. I would like to hear Nick's interpretation of Christopher Walken just before he goes into battle with a dragon. <laughs> I'll work on that next show. Oh, not right now. Yeah. All right. No problem. Uh, I'll let you guys answer this. This guys he's actually in my face-to-face group, so. Oh, that's good. Well, that's an easy question, I think. And uh, uh, let me chime in real quick, like on this, because lawful evil is if I was to play any evil character, lawful evil would be my primary choice of alignment. Me too. Uh, me too. I, you do too. I don't yeah, know if anyone. Yeah, I, I, I just can't see. I have the other evil alignments could work in a in a party like that. But yeah, continue. Yeah, lawful evil to me is 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 just. I think it's an awesome evil alignment, and don't think for a second that I, you know I'm praising playing evil characters because one, I don't like playing evil characters, and it doesn't happen in my gaming table except for something in, in a Pathfinder game where evil characters are required to play in that Pathfinder setting. But um, lawful evil, I like one because I mean one, you can have a lawful evil character in a party. You can make him sign a contract saying this is what the stipulations you're going to stick by, and guess what? He won't break his word. They right. normally, and, yeah, they don't break their promises, and they're, they're, they're all about that contractual yeah. obligation that when they sign something, they stick to it. It's a very strict alignment. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's hardcore. It's to the point. It's a very thorough. There is no randomness in it. There's no chaotic. There's nothing, you know, really crazy about lawful evil. The fact is, it's, it's just, it's just a, it's a, it's an, it's, I think it's the easiest evil alignment to play, to be honest. Yeah, lawful right. evil is the rules lawyer. They're the rules lawyer. You could say that they're very and also very Darwinian. They're very survival of the fittest. Yes. If you think about it. Right. But without all the chaotic stuff that goes on with chaotic evil. I mean, chaotic evil is very Darwinian, but it's every man for himself, if you get my drift. Right. But with lawful evil, there is a hierarchy, a strict hierarchy. And yes, you can you could use whatever means to the get to the higher levels of that hierarchy if I'm looking at like as the devils and the nine hells as they kind of look at it it's like you know if you've got a backstab or poison your opponent do so but play within the rules right there's a certain honor almost to the lawful evil it's like yeah if I give my word I'm going to stick to it but you better have listened to exactly how I phrase that because mm-hmm. I'm going to follow it to the letter mm-hmm 
and there's nothing vague about what they do. Well, there could be some gray area. Well, <laughs> well, they're, they they will always have a extreme justification of this is why You're I right. did it. Just because there you, you didn't, <laughs> right? Yeah, there's always a reason. There's always justification, and they will all in their world. They're the good guy. I, I, that, that was a very good point of what you brought up on the vagueness. And I think what you mean by the vagueness is that if you have a contract and they sign that contract, but something occurs outside that contract and someone says, hey, you signed a contract. Yes, the contract said this. However, it did not say I can do this. Yeah, so, or I can't do yeah, this. Right. They, can't, they can be manipulative now. They yeah, can sure. be yes. to a certain extent, but not to the point where there's any chaotic issues, anything like that. Right. If they omit something, it was omitted for a reason. If they include something, it was included for a reason. Mm-hmm. They always have ulterior motives. Right. Yes, strong alignment. I've, I really enjoyed it. Th- I think it's awesome. I, I think that, that also to help answer his question, that help answer your question, evil, wow. <laughs> I would say uh, also don't, you know, I guess to use a term, don't reveal your hand. You know, keep some things to yourself. If you want to play along with your idea, don't give them the whole. Don't tell them the whole truth about you want what you want to do. You know, <laughs> and that's true. That's right because they tip, lawful evil characters typically do not lie. Right. But they do not reveal. They only reveal the minimum amount they need to. They don't need there to you know, let them know your, your goals and your alternative goals or your hidden agendas. That's none of their business. You have your own goals and you will do them as you see fit. And now, now if that's at the cost or at the, I'm, I'm not going to say that it's, you know, at the, at the, uh, the sacrifice of the party, but it can be. But guess what? Lawful neutral does that for certain. Mm-hmm. They will sac- definitely sacrifice the party to fulfill their goals as a lawful neutral character. So lawful evil, great alignment. Lawful neutral, I think it's a lot worse. Mm. Okay. Cool. All right, next email comes from Jason. Jason, Jason? No, nah, I'm just kidding. Just his uh, name is Jason, though. Okay. Hey, guys. It actually involves Jason, too. Hey, guys, I typed a long comment on issue 102, but I lost it. I basically said that I sent an email to Jason's old RFI email because I thought you had directed submissions of traditional media artwork back in 100 to that address. I'm wondering now whether it is too soon to expect him to be thinking about this or if I made a mistake or in other sending. Anyway, you guys do an excellent show, and it's nice hearing from Jason after so much time. From Jason. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I know Jason's not really accepting artwork from if you listen to the Gygax magazine uh, interview that we did. Uh, the future, yeah, he will be accepting. Right now, I think they have their hands full just putting the first magazine. Yeah, I think they already got whatever artwork they have for this um, issue that they're going to try to get out. I think they're going to try December. Is that the well, idea? Well, I think it's more like GaryCon. Yeah, the... it sounds like more like GaryCon, yeah. so that's March. What Luke Gygax corrected from the podcast was that Jason meant to say they're shooting for December. If not, it's going to be Gary Khan. Right. right. So they're anywhere between now and in March. Mm-hmm. They're they're hoping to get an issue out, which is great. Right. I'm on a personal. I am totally looking forward to this magazine. I have been dying for years 
to see a, a well put together uh, magazine on on role playing games, board games, whatever it may be. Uh, uh, that just doesn't cater to one particular game. I and, you know, we all know what magazine we're talking about, White Dwarf. Anyway, uh, <laughs> but it would be nice to see something like that. So it has a little bit of something for everybody. That's what I'm excited about. So I, I'm, I'm wishing the best of luck on yeah. for Jason and and Tim Cask and the, and the rest of the crew there uh, to, mm-hmm. to put this together. It'll be so great. And, and you all, we need to emphasize to the fans out there, you know, in order for this magazine to thrive and survive, and let's be realistic, magazines in this time of age are not doing that great. In order for the magazine to thrive, we need the support. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and like I said, I'm going to buy it because I want to see what it's, what it's going to offer. Right. I'm going to see what it has to offer. And like I said, I, I want this magazine to survive and thrive. Gaming magazines as a whole do not tend to survive long there's only a couple in there in that category that really stay out there a long time and uh you know and i'm hoping that this works out well but again support is where it's appreciated support is going to keep it going right and and then also be mindful that first issue you will not find in your game store because they will not have any distributorship right. for that first issue so you're going it could to take at least a year for a distributorship who knows how long it'll take right because from what jason was saying in the interview they the distributors want to see a finished product right. before they'll even pick it up right. a magazine if that tells you anything about the magazine print industry right now i don't know what does right they want to see one already in print before they even commit so Right. Yeah, well, gaming distributors are very picky about products because one thing they will not do, and, and they've been burnt a couple times on certain things where, you know, they get a stock of a of a terrible game or, or something, a terrible card game. Mm-hmm. The the gaming store that get it, it doesn't sell. They'll call the distributor, and say, "Do not send us no more," and then someone's in trouble. And, and then they that, all get yeah. dumped on those uh, half price sellers at game conventions. Right, and <laughs> yeah, and you know that is what it is, and we just. But the thing is, it, it is. In order for the gaming community to survive and thrive through the, the, the hardships and, and we want to see things that we really like, we have to dig deep in our pockets and support it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm not out there trying to advocate you need to spend your money and buy this magazine because I haven't seen it. I don't know what's going to be in it. All I can say is I'm giving them a shot to show me what, the, what they can put. If they put out a decent magazine, then they will continue to get my support. And that's yeah. just the way it is. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, so the magazine, uh, buy it when you hear it come out to support it. There. Mm-hmm. There you go. Jason. Yes, I don't know if Jason's email is working from RFI or if he's responding to it. So to be safe, just send email to us at RFIstaff at gmail.com, right. and I will forward it to Jason's personal email address. Mm-hmm. And, the, the, and then yeah. also uh, contact him via Twitter. He seems... Yeah. So Jason Elliott at, at, at Twitter, right? Yeah, at Jason Elliott on yeah. Twitter. So right. that's at, the other way to reach him. At. Yeah. At. At. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I do want to make one thing plain and clear right now since we're talking about that. No, no. A shout out. You know, we had to do a shout out to Wolfgang Bauer. Uh, I had a conversation with him a couple days ago. Mm-hmm. That guy is awesome. He listens to our the RFI podcast and he thinks we're wonderful. He does? Oh, oh. wow. Cool. 
Yeah, I, Wolfgang Bauer, if, if anyone knows, it was responsible for Cobalt Quarterly, the gaming magazine. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, and let me tell you, that guy is a class act. Him and his wife are, 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 are some of the best people I have encountered in the gaming industry in over 30 years. And I'm telling you, you know, Wolfgang is good people. I really love that guy. I mean, he's just a great guy. Loves gaming. Loves first edition AD&D, just to give you all the heads up. Great guy. Just a shout out to Wolfgang Bauer. Hi, oh, Wolfgang. Woohoo! <laughs> he also had an any award-winning two any award-winning podcasts. I know one offhand I listened to was the Open Design podcast, mm. which yeah. he every week him and Ed Healy and I can't think of the third person. Oh, he's gonna be mad at me too. Anyway, but jeez, uh, Matt, can you help me out here. Yeah. Uh, oh, let's see here. Uh, oh, come on, hey, producer Matt, go. Boom. <laughs> Come on, producer Matt. Produced. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, the third person I can't think of his name. Rune is... Barton. Yes. Oh, oh that's good, man. He got fast. Talk to him all the time. <laughs> his Google Foo is much to be matched. Yes. <laughs> Bunch of good guys. It's like the Chuck Norris of Google. Uh, they did Atomic Array as well, and that's a good podcast. I don't know if that podcast is still around, but I think they won in any award as well. Atomic Array? What was that one about? Uh, general gaming. And, and just... Oh, okay. They had Monty Cook on there quite a bit, and a lot of uh, Wolfgang Barrow was on there as well a bunch of times. So good podcast. Yep. It's still going. Is it? Cool. Yep. Yeah, the other latest show went up November 30th. Oh. Yeah. Anyway, uh, next, uh, the final email comes from DM David D. Hi, esteemed Dungeon Masters. A little while ago, I asked a question about the value of a dragon's egg. Remember that one? Oh, yeah. That a party had acquired. Thanks for your help with that. The party still has the egg, but is on the run with it. It turned into a great side adventure. My <laughs> question today is about the extent of a charm spell, a charm person spell. I understand that a charmed being is loyal to the spellcaster, but how willing will the charmed NPC volunteer critical information to the caster? Does the charmed NPC become 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 no become a mindless lackey? Or will they retain their personality? It is a bit confusing on how to play a possibly long-term NPC, checking saves only every few weeks according to the rules. Uh, I appreciate your help. Thanks, DM Dave. Hmm. Yeah. It's very true. If they have, by the rules, if the saves are every few weeks, depending on, I think, was the intelligence or the wisdom, one of the two. So, okay. Yeah. This is what the issue is with the charm spell. Now, if we're talking about the lowest level charm spell, let me see what this is where the problem's going to be with that particular spell. Yeah, this is going to be safe uh, every couple of weeks. And now, what we're talking about is the, is the non playing time of player characters. Because eventually, that, that charm NPC or whatever he is is running around encountering, you know, scenarios to where he has to make that saving throw, you know, to try and break it because there's an issue there. There's a, there's a breakdown somewhere, right? Now, that doesn't apply now when they're adventuring. I would, it would be logical to assume that there would be more saving throws. Because let's be realistic. Well, not realistic, but let's think for a second. If the character is evil and the good people are doing a good adventure, doing these good things constantly over and over is, is going to justify more saving throws, except that once per every couple of weeks. Because the spell's in conflict with the moral uh, turpitude of that charmed PC or the NPC. So you have to look at it from different perspectives. Yeah, it's based off intelligence score. Yeah. So even if they're, let's say, average of intelligence of nine, they would have to make a, a 
they, they have to once a month make a save. Yeah, the way the way I look at it is a charm person spell makes them like a friend. They're not mindless. Mm-hmm. They're not going to do whatever you say, but they're going to react to you like a friend suggested doing this. Friend. Exactly. Think of it this way. Here's a good example. Who how many of us have seen the movie The Avengers here? Oh uh, yeah. Well, what Loki there. did. I actually haven't. <laughs> what what Loki oh, did. What I even Loki have a friend that was in it, but I, Okay, uh, irregardless of that. <laughs> regardless of that, guys. Regardless. <laughs> let's stay on target. I don't see it even. Remember Oh dear Lord. <laughs> when Loki touched his staff to the people where he basically charmed him, it, would you uh say, Vince, since you're the only person here on the planet who's seen it on this show? Yeah. <laughs> wouldn't you say that would be similar like what a charm person would do? No, that was more more advanced than a charm spell, dude. But, I mean, uh, their attitudes or anything, they weren't just mindless uh, slaves. They were, once they were charmed, they were like willing participants to help Loki. Yeah, true. And once the charm was broken, they were ticked off. Right. But that's also (laughs) a charm spell coming from a god? Well, yeah, but I'm just saying in general, as far as how their reactions were once they were charmed, I would say you can almost treat it like that, that they... The, the, they were not mindless. They were actually willing participants. They were friendly to whoever it was that turned them. Friend. Friend. Mm. Well, I, that's like the one movie, uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, when they drank that nasty liquid crap or whatever it was. You remember that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The the blood the, of Kali. Yeah, and so that made them a willing participant. But also look at that movie, Cowboys and Aliens. Did you all see that? I haven't, and I want to. Okay, well, I see. I don't want to reveal too much of it, but remember that ability where where they uh, they captured the uh, the townsfolk when they look into the light. They're pretty much mindless automatons and everything. They, they are charmed still, though. They're still right. charmed because they can still be led around. Ain't like the Borg when they take you over, where you know you're being assimilated and they're walking you around and everything. You know, right? I I kind of view the charm person spell how it would how like it was in the Avenger, in the Avengers. You know, the the spell works. You're a willing participant. You're friendly to whoever it is. Doesn't yes. mean you're mindless. I right. kind of relate to uh, the movie Love Potion Number Nine. If you remember that movie. Oh God! Now you're just <laughs> being silly. No, I have no clue what that is. Elizabeth Hurley. Yeah, old school movie, and it was really good. Back mm. in the day. probably what early nineties. Yeah. Yeah, because was just want a good example. No, we don't want a good example. No, no, a good example of a module where charm is a huge factor in the game, uh, Cult of the Reptile God, N1. Yes. Yeah. Good example. You got it. That Thank was you. so awesome. <laughs> I thought it was better than that love book number nine. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Well, I was just about to give you a cracker, now I'm taking it back and eating it. Okay. <laughs> I'm just No, better yet, I'm stomping on the cracker, you know. That's, that's, <laughs> oh, that's not fun. Yeah, I know. Overized your saltine. How unkind. <laughs> you guys are crazy. Anyway, so that's sage advice. So do we want to wait till next segment to announce the winner, Will? No. You want to announce the winner now? Uh, what is the next segment? Next segment is going to be Table Manners with Nick. Which oh. will... That's, that's it. We're yeah, going to announce it. Announce the, or we're we just going to just talk about the module and not tell who the winner is. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, we have to know who the winner is. Well, I say we talk about the module and everything. Why we picked that one? Let's talk about all the other participants who participated. I really want to do a shout out to those guys because I tell you, it was really great. That the, the modules were all really good. I had, I, I really don't have anything negative to say. But I, I just say we wait to the very last second and then reveal it. <laughs> Whatever you want to do. Whatever's good for y'all. We have to we have to reveal before because no one will have any context to it. I mean, we're going to talk all about this stuff, and they're going to like, well, what's the name of the adventure? Well, let's do this then. What I was thinking is, is simply, I like to talk about some of the modules that I've read and which ones I enjoyed. Okay, fine. And I will tell you this though, there is something I will change here in the future. I am never going to do a contest like this again uh, of this nature without giving uh, multiple prizes away because I think it, with with the work that the, the that these uh, people participated in this contest, I feel really bad only giving out one prize. What I'm going to do is from here on now, in any event that we do something of, of this nature, I'm going to give out multiple prizes. I'm and looking for at second, least, third place kind of thing. Actually, I'm looking at least five. Oh, wow. So with nine... That's generous. Yes. I, I think 50% would be great. The top five. I, I'm going to go with that. The top five. So the fifth person gets, what, a cookie or something? Or Well, today, let's see. Blue, red, green, uh, pink ribbon. Nice. No, nah, I'm just messing. I, I will work those details out in, in future contests, and we'll discuss that later on at the very end about how the other contests are coming up. Okay. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to go to Table Manners, and we'll be right back. Typical of all the evil creatures in the world. I like to find one with table manners. What are you kidding me? I've spent years cultivating the worst table manners on the planet. Table manners. All right, table manners this week. Uh, we're going to talk about the modules that were submitted first before revealing the winner module because Will wants it done that way. And you know how oh, Will Lord. puts his foot down, the drill sergeant of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm the producer and the host, but Will's the drill sergeant, so he tells us what to do. So, just to let you know. So, go ahead, Will. I'll leave the uh, podium to you and the crate. Go ahead. Oh, no, I didn't want to do it. I thought Nick was. Oh, fine, Nick. Go ahead. He meets a big stink, and now he sticks it with me. Yeah, nice. Okay, no problem. Let me no, I'm kidding. <laughs> All right. Um, well, we had quite a few submissions. I How many did we have? Seven, eight? Submissions uh, 27. Oh, seven. Yeah, 20. we had that's what I thought. Yeah, and all of them were were really fun to read. And just you know, what was the, the big thing on, on doing these uh adventures? What and what Vince uh and I and and Will were looking for, and Matt, too. Yeah, yeah. producer Matt. <laughs> yeah. Was you know we're looking for something uh, something unique, some little twists, uh, um, maybe unique use of monsters, uh, a unique environment, um, you know, a, a, you know, a unique setting. Um, so the and also and, and yeah, and it was a horror uh, sort of theme. So all those you know all the adventures did have that in one form or another, some more than others. Um, I And we had a wide wide range as far as when we talk about, like, levels. We had everything from first level, I think we had one adventure up to, like, seventh to ninth level. Yes. So, which, you know, and, and I we do have to say that uh, regardless of who's the winner, all these adventures, if I recall, 
we're all going to have these on the website. So anybody who wants, and they're all going to be for you to download um, off off the uh, Roll for Initiative uh, website once uh, once we're done with the show here. So everybody can um, you know pick and choose and use the ones whatever in your your uh, in your game. So I, I think that's a you know another way we're giving back to all of our listeners and to the community as a whole. You know, it's like because we love what we do. You love the game, so do we. So it's a reciprocating sort of uh, uh, thing that we're doing here. So if you could uh, actually, what we'll probably do is we'll upload the winner onto, uh, say, like Google Documents to share it that way. Yeah, and uh, we'll put a link on our website directly on the right hand. This is winner of the module contest there, and then we'll put the rest of them in one big giant PDF to download yeah. for everybody else in another separate download link. And people could just pick the big book and read it themselves and decide who they like. So now, now do you, I guess as far as like the the module that I like the most and we all like the most, I guess is just. <laughs> yeah. I, I, don't know, I don't know how to say this, but don't say it yet. Don't say it. But it was unique. It was. It was. <laughs> it was Awesome. It was. No, I no. guess I could put it this way. Awesome. Well, besides being awesome, it was very well presented. Yeah. It was well put together. Um, whoever it will be, and we will reveal at the end of the show. <laughs> so, so hold on to your hats, folks. <laughs> I, I, go ahead, Nick. Go ahead. I'm sorry. But uh, yeah, it the the presentation was outstanding i love the use of the artwork which was uh, from why i could tell was all stuff in public domain too but it was well thought out on what was used um easy to read uh stat blocks were uh there where you needed them like will wanted like will wanted Uh, you know very concise in that standard good old first edition AD&D module format of the double columns very nicely uh, thought out great uh, flavor text boxes well totally got off on that <laughs> <laughs> love the flavor text um, and um, one of the things that really stood out for me for this adventure is besides the presentation was this adventure was, I guess, in a way, it was play tested, wasn't it, guys? Yeah, it was part it, of an original adventure. Yeah, it was part of somebody's original campaign. So, in a sense, it has been play tested, which is another good thing. You know, that does help. I mean, it's not requirement, but it does help. Um, so that, and then in a way, I kind of look at it as like they thought this was good enough for us to to use that because they had it in their own campaign. And so that says, hey, cool. They're they're saying, hey, you know, this is what we did. What do you think? You know, take a look at this. We had our own campaign a few years ago. And um, I guess um, one other thing I'm trying to remember I was going to say. Well, and also, even though it was part of his home campaign, it's still versatile enough. You can plug it anywhere. There you go. That's where I was going with it. It was – it's – open enough that you can 
you can plop it into whatever campaign that you're using. So there's there's enough plot there that um, you can get it going, but not so much outside detail of the plot of the adventure that is not entirely tied into the game world. So you could plop it into, you know, your you know, World of Greyhawk or Forgotten Realms. You can plop it into anything homebrew, homebrew as well, and it'll work just as fine. Really good. I, the presentation is really. Yeah. I'm just looking it over one more time as you're talking, Nick, and it's just like, wow. Yeah, yeah. It this looks like, you know, that first page, like the cover. Mm-hmm. Once everybody sees it, uh, I think everybody will will agree. They're like, wow, that yeah. looks like that could be printed. Yeah, it's cool. The cover is very, very cool looking, and yeah, uh, I like even the second page. Most people like would leave out the what do they call that page? It's not the the, the title page. Yeah, the like title page. page. Yeah. He actually put the time to put the whole module there and put a like a picture there, like the old modules did back right. in the eighties. Yeah, very reminiscent of that. So it, you know, ten out of ten for style here, absolutely. And in each little subsection, he put little like little pictures so you can like visualize things. And mm-hmm. it wasn't necessary, but wow, I right. didn't expect that at all. That's what really got to me. Like I said, I was like, wow, this is. And then they and he oh. said in the adventure when he made it that all these pictures were from the public domain. I'm like, really? That's pretty impressive. You know, take that amount of time and effort to actually look what's in the public domain for artwork to fit this. That's and it, which is great because it adds to the adventure. It doesn't detract from it. I don't think at all. No, and, and his hand drawn things are really good too for a hand drawing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like all the hand drawing. You could easily see those maps being on the cover page of the mo- old modules, the the little fold out. Uh, so yeah, yeah it, if I were to were to print this, that's actually what I would do. And actually. There's enough panels you could just about get away with that. Print out, print out the cover on its own page, then print the map on the back of it, and then print out the module and bind it. Yeah. The only thing I would have done differently with the maps is I would have probably put them on some type of graph paper. Right. The uh, that gives some sense of scale for one. Yeah. Not the well, not the one. The very first. I was trying to hard not to say the actual name of anything because you know Will doesn't want us to say anything yet. And uh, the first picture that you don't need one, but like the the map of the town, you could have probably put it in some graph or maybe a hex map. And then the little, <laughs> I can't see the name of it. The pictures next to the note on the artwork section. <laughs> yeah, the the, the two yeah. buildings. Yeah, the two buildings of the scale, and then maybe the last map with the the road and the the water and I don't know. Is that a bell tower? Yeah, bell tower. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Right, you can go and start revealing, you know, the things, and then you know the only person that's gonna know it is him. So, so the other people are still want like, I wonder if that's me or not. So you can tell. Okay. Please do so reveal more. The adventure is an adventure of creeping horror, designed for the role for initiative podcast, fantasy adventure called what, Matt? It is. Drum roll. Uh. A Darkness Under Apple Valley. Written by Morgan Z. S. I was going to say S for now. An unspeakable evil has come to the once peaceful halfling village of Apple Valley. Darkness and decay 
fester. Can any heroes possibly confront and uncover the dark secrets? Is the subtitle for the module. Mm-hmm. An isolated halfling farming community has fallen on dark times. Can a group of adventurers uncover the sinister secret at the rotting core of the town, or will they fall victim to the terror? The adventure was originally played in the Heroes of the Happy Tree Keep campaign, 2008, and modified and adapted for 2012 for the Roll for Initiative podcast. And then we go on to the introduction with some wonderful little pictures and notes to the DM. and mm-hmm. It's an amazing module. Yeah, and just the twist Yeah, in this adventure. That, because who's going to think... It's a happy halfling village. Look, look, it's it's Frodo Baggins and Bilbo. Oh, it's Samwise. No. Right. <laughs> yes. Notice I didn't say what levels this was for either because he actually puts a note at the very, very end. And where is that note? Within a few minor, with, with just a few minor changes, this adventure can be suitable for a lower level to higher level PCs. So depending on the monsters in the mo- in here and how you beef them up or not, you can have first level characters running through this. And I'll I'll say this, if if, if I can, the the monsters are not undead. <laughs> no, no, they're not. Which it makes them even more interesting. No, nope. because it took something else that is still horrific, twisted it, and you're like, hawahat. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, we have some great maps, some great rooms in here. And I like the random charts, how he did the charts for the random mm-hmm. encounters. And then the rumor chart, too. Yeah. Yeah, rumor chart's very good. He does the stat blocks very well, so you don't have to even look up any of the monsters. He even gives you a page number if you want to go read about the monster as well. Yeah, that was excellent. So I, I, I think Will really liked it. So, <laughs> Well, uh, you know, I... I... I can relate. What grade is he in again? He's a ninth grade. Nin- ninth grade oh. teacher. No, he's a ninth grade teacher. Okay, we just to make sure that was good because we was looking at this thing and submitted. It sounded like he was a, a ninth grade child, or he was in the ninth grade. And I said, "Something's not right here. He's got to be a teacher." So we had to look it up. Maybe he is. We looked it up. We found out. Yeah. But this adventure is very open. It's a very, uh, very let the players do what they want type of thing. So. Mm-hmm. Right. It's almost sandboxy in a way. I guess you could say that, right? Almost a sandbox kind of thing. Yeah. But there is an underlying plot. Right. It's kind of Village of Hamlet in a way with yeah. with halflings. Yeah. And this yeah, in this village, a lot more problems than Hamlet right yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> well, I tell you, uh, you know, and I just want uh, everyone to understand, all the ones that submitted these adventures and everything, I had no uh, say in, in which one was going to win. The only reason I came in was to break a uh, tiebreaker because there was a tiebreaker between the three. So, yeah, we know. We know. You didn't read. I mean, not read. You didn't vote on anything, I know. No, so I went with what, what they, they chose. So if you're all mad, go look for those three, not me. <laughs> <laughs> Great. What you could do is you can email Nick at RFI. Oh, sorry. Hey. hey. <laughs> <laughs> Give his phone number as well, too, and his address. No. Uh, see, phone number 330. No, I'm sorry. No. I so, back and <laughs> but so congratulations to Morgan. So now that we know who the winner is going to be or who the winner is, can we talk about the other ones now or the other submissions? I just want to say one more thing, something about the picture artwork. This is some great. Oh, oh yeah. For public domain. 
Yeah, the public domain is really good job. I really like on page four, the very first piece of art. That just sums up everything perfectly for this module. That was scary to me. That was gruesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The wolf with with the baby in its mouth. Where is that? Wow. I don't know, but it's so appropriate. (laughs) That's a dingo ate my baby. (laughs) Yes. So cool. All right. So, Will, we want to talk about the other modules now? Well, I would like to talk about them because, I mean, everyone, uh, I'd like to, you know, give a shout out. I mean, I, I, I went through these. Uh, but now, while we're talking about the art, I like the one on page nine. And it was pretty interesting with some of the monsters. You all mentioned some of the monsters in here and everything. It makes me look at eating apples very differently now these days. So now when I look at apples, I, I make sure I check, check, check them for sure for any bugs or anything. <laughs> because that was a little unnerving there, what he did with the apples in, in it. So it was pretty cool. No, a, a good adventure and everything. And, you know, like I said, we di- I didn't ask for, you know, very detailed drawings or detailed maps because I don't expect everyone to be, you know, competent in that side of the house. If you submitted them, that's good. If you didn't, it's just as good. I, I didn't – that didn't, you know – have any say in the matter i mean we enjoyed them it, it made things look a lot nicer and neater but that wasn't the key thing on you know who won or not especially yeah. the the funny little clouds he made the, the trees i guess they're clouds or those trees those are trees on his pictures where he's got the little house or whatever it is the little buildings uh those are trees <laughs> oh those are trees yeah the, the clouds you know i mean it looks like clouds <laughs> but no you know i, I looked at the, i read uh all of the adventures and um I'm going to tell you one that I really thought was really good was the one called titled Saul. Saul's your runner up. Oh, I really runner up. I really enjoyed that. I thought that was excellent. And I'm going to tell you why I liked it. One, uh, the author of that particular module used a lot of creatures that a lot of people don't use yet. And some of them came out of the fiend folio. It was, it was really well done. I was really impressed with it. Not too many people use the Obliviax, the memory moss. Mm-hmm. I'd like that. Right. Uh, it, it was well done. The Gorble was in there. The Adherer was in there. A lot of the Fiend Folio moss. I really like that. The Hukava. And yeah. I, I really liked how it was done. Yeah. You had a mongrelman taking a main role in the plot, too. How often do you see that? Yeah, that, I really liked this particular module, I really liked it. It was to the point. It was short enough. I actually enjoyed it. I really liked it. And so now with that being said, this is why I, I was telling, you know, the, uh, the, the regular the other host and, and everyone else that from here on now, I will ensure that when we do a contest of this nature that I am going to start giving out more prizes because there's no way that I'm, I just can't have one winner. There's got to be multiple winners because some of you definitely deserved something. And I really feel bad about that. So now I learn from this, you know, from this. Not I plan on doing more here in the later yeah. future. Uh, Will, who's the other host? Huh? <laughs> who's the other host? Did I say other host? You said I told well, the other host. I'm like, who's the other host? Well, you're the host, and we're all the other co-hosts, right? <laughs> yeah, but you said the other host. So who's the other host? I'm sorry, I meant you. <laughs> Thanks. I'm sorry. Next time I do the podcast, I'm going to say, and the co-host. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what I meant. No, yeah. I guess you didn't. You wouldn't have asked. I'm just busting on you. I know. It's all good, though. Uh, so uh, that was Brad who uh, submitted that uh, Saul uh, thing from yes. Ohio. I, I actually – who was who's from Ohio? Matt? Yeah, I'm from Ohio. Same Me with too. Nick. Yeah, Where? I'm from 
Well, where's Farmer Ohio at? Oh, I don't know. Not I don't know. I just didn't know. But, uh, but no, no. He's the seventh son on the forum, too. No, no. well done, Brad. I, I really enjoyed that module. That that was actually very good. That was very pleasant to read. It was easy on the eyes. And I just love the fact that you use those monsters from the Fiend Folio. These are monsters that are not normally used in a lot of modules. So I, I really like that one. That was one of my favorites. What about, did you all have any other personal favorites? Yeah, Saul was another one that uh, that was on my, like, short list of ones that really stood out. I Yeah, I like the... The fact that hey, it, it had all these creatures that your players aren't going to have the stat blocks memorized. It, it's it's going to catch them a little off guard when they're running into a bunch of stuff they never really encounter all that frequently. So for me, that stood out. And then the layout, too. I mean, everything, stat blocks were easily found. It, it also had references to where you could find them. It had... So little abbreviations for like which book it was out of, either Fiend Folio or Monster Manual in the stat blocks if you needed more details. And again, it had enough detail in the stat blocks or in the uh, flavor text to get the point across without being overly detailed and having piles of words to read through for the sake of having words. I mean, it was nice and concise. And and then it also had the nice maps and it actually used... Uh, drawn out on graph paper, so you have a nice little scale to the different levels of the inn, or, or the levels below the inn, that is. Um, but yeah, it was just a nice little venture. It was a nice little twist, and the players get roofied. Yeah. yeah. So it starts with the players being roofied, and what DM doesn't want to roofie their players every now and then? <laughs> No, I thought that was good. I, I, it just that one really shot out, and that definitely was worth an honorable mention. And uh, I, I'm going to be work, uh, after I get done with this podcast. I'm going to try and see what I can dig up for some of my people that like to donate products. Maybe I can get some more product out there. Maybe like an Arkham Horror board game or something. Maybe Elder Sign. And I already know I got to hook you up, Vince. I already got that on the way set up. So I, I'm going to see what else I can do. You may not get the reprints, but there are some good horror role playing games. I mean, horror games out there. Or maybe I can hook you up with a Call of Cthulhu. Um, Munchkin game. Oh, I don't know about the Munchkin, but if we could talk about parodies, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, definitely. I, let me see what I can do. I'm going to have to make some phone calls, see who's, who can support me. All four of the gaming stores here support me. They always give me free product. You know, they hook me up with some stuff to help other people out. So let me see what I can do today because this makes me feel so bad as we're going over all this stuff. Oh, stop it. Uh, how about a, a shout out to uh, the Devil of the Hollow Adventure too? I thought it was uh, well written, and uh, the only complaint I had about it, and it's not really a complaint, it's just my style. I don't like reading box text. I don't like box text. I think it was way too much box text for me. That's just my opinion. Otherwise, it was really cool. Yeah, it's a it's a cool adventure for being, I think it was the one that we have was actually for high-level adventurers for level 7 to 10. So yeah. in that respect, that's, this is a good high-level adventure if you want something kind of horror-driven. And this definitely is. Um, you, you got some nasty stuff in here, folks. Um, but, uh, yeah, there was, there was a few other things on the presentation that could have been a little bit better. But um, overall, I really – I really this one, a little bit of everything. Yeah. Had you know, players you got handouts. Where, yeah, uh, it has like a little bit of everything. It's got werewolves. It's got spiders in it. It's, uh, it's got there's, 
a real high power magic user you got to deal with. Um, yeah. Lots of funky undead. This is a fun one for if you got some seventh to tenth level uh, characters in it. And here, yeah, and there are some other otherworldly creatures in here as well, and some pretty interesting uh, magic items. Yeah, I, well, it was uh, a, the presentation. Uh, I think was for me. I, I'm sorry, I don't mean to say that in a bad way. I just I, I wasn't sure. Yeah, you know, uh, I read this, and uh, I, you know, the monsters in there are impressive. And uh, now, what levels what was was it four to seven? Seven to ten. I mean, seven to ten. Seven to ten. I don't know why I keep saying four to seven for some reason. It's stuck in my head for some reason. That's because I said it in the beginning. That's why. Oh, that's probably what it is and everything. Yeah. Um, it's it's a very challenging thing, especially with a ghost. Yeah. That, uh, yeah. That is. I mean, I, I like the whole thing with the devil. I, the devil, the hollow, actually is. That's a very interesting, you know, concept. I liked it. I like the monsters. A lot of good monsters in there. Again, I, I like the, the fact that he used a lot of the undead monsters and everything, and the typical things like the spiders and everything. Uh, the thing that really got me was uh, the maps. The handouts were great. Yes, they were. That that's the stuff I like. That's what makes a game. And report, I really appreciate it. That, 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 the maps are done really well. I, I really enjoyed the maps, and you know. Yeah. But uh, I don't know what else. Uh, I want to mention one other, unless unless you have one, uh, Matt, I that you... I have one Go more ahead. that I like. Go ahead. The, uh, the Curse of the Andalberry Manor. Okay. Yeah, that was a good one, too. That one, I like. Uh, I definitely like how he presented it. Uh, I liked a little warning at the stop. If you don't tend to be... If you tend to be a player of this module, do not read any further. <laughs> Which one did anybody catch... Which adventure was it that had the little uh, had a little jab at you? I think, Will. Yes, that was the one they said it didn't have any uh, orcs with pig faces. But there was a book about uh, something about pig face orcs. I'm trying to remember which adventure I read oh, that. I'm like, oh. I was I was writing down notes left and right. But, you know, let me take uh, everyone out there that when you get a, a, a large amount of submissions, and seven doesn't sound like a lot, but when you're going through them and reading them all and looking at playability, longevity, how it can fit in everything, you, you just remember so much stuff. Yeah. Out of these seven modules, we have several hundred pages of gaming oh material God, for you. Uh, I was, oh, yeah. When I was going through them, I'm like, I was really impressed with the quality that we received. I mean, I... I don't know exactly what I was expecting, but I wasn't expecting this level of work. I'm everyone nope. did a, that submitted did a great job, and like nope. Will, yeah, and it was like with like Will. I was I when I was going through picking out which ones I liked best. I'm like I felt bad because I'm like yeah. these all deserve something because there's so much effort and quality put at, into these all and of them. You just say the curse of Alderman Manor was disqualified because he used the word Thacko. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Thacko doesn't, doesn't exist in first edition, so we disqualified you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I want to do that just to nudge at people because I, I really that. That's hilarious. No, he did a great job with it. His presentation and um, the way he put the box text, little little to nothing words, so I was very proud of him. Uh, the statue room, he did a very good job of it. When he, just, he put all the prices next to all the gems so the GM doesn't have to do anything. Very impressed by that. Uh, let's see some of the the rooms. He did uh, room measurements for some of the rooms so uh, people would know. 
Because you always know when you're in a room, they go, how are you? I can't stand that. It's a big room there. That's enough. The cemetery was done well. Uh, he had the letters and let's see here. The zombies done well. What else about this? The, he actually put a bathroom in, which was really cool. <laughs> <laughs> Route 34. The bathroom. The stench of death lingers in the air. Of course it does. It's a bathroom. bathroom. <laughs> yeah. I know it lingers in the air when I leave a bathroom. I don't know about you guys, but hey. Was there a saving throw to go into that room? Absolutely. Uh, no, uh, I don't. <laughs> Oh, you talking in the module or when I leave a bathroom? Oh, I'm talking about the module. <laughs> oh. um, the module, I don't think so. Yeah, there's a save versus poison when I leave one. And he's used some really good monsters in the year here, so I'm very proud of that. Good job. Yeah, I'm impressed with, you know. His, name, his, his name is William as well. Say again? His name is William who designed this. Oh, excellent. I can't give you no bonus points for that, though. <laughs> In fact, you're disqualified automatically. Zane <laughs> no. Thacko. Yeah. And Thacko is qualified. No, he did great maps. Great maps. Yeah. yeah. Did you have anything that to mention besides the ones we already have? No, I mean, we really covered the ones that I that really stood out for me. I mean, uh, I was I'm just... i one more. What's that? The Return to the Necromancer's Lair. Yeah, that one was good, too. Yeah. That one was a good one as well. Yeah. I, I really liked how it was done. The maps were done really well. And I, like I said, I'm going to comment on maps only because they did the work and I want to comment on them. So when people look at it, I say, well, why did they do this one? This one sucked. Now, no, none of them sucked. They were all good adventures, really good. And, and that's why was, it was so bad. Yeah, but it the, was hard to pick who we... Oh, yeah. Yeah, I kicked myself in the rear end for this one. Um, I, I like the, the fact that he used those... Uh, those, uh, what do you call them? I'm not say domain pictures, but he used those little pictures there, like the one with the key in this one here. Right. Then he had the picture of the stairway, the, the arrow things in there. I, I like that. the maps. The, the choice of monsters is excellent. Uh, the Sons of Kuss, I, I love them. That the, Those are some of my famous, I mean, my favorite monsters to put into an adventure if I use them. I really like that, those undead. Those are good monsters. Now, one thing he didn't do is uh, the author of this module did not use box text, but he used the next best thing, which is uh, italicize the the player's text. Yeah, and that achieves the same thing. Yeah, yeah, that achieves the same thing. Nothing wrong with that. I, that that was good. Maps well done. I wonder what program he used. Probably Photoshop. Well, I mean, because he's got the little coffins. He's got the little pentagram. I like how he did the stairs. The stairs are very mm-hmm. interesting. Well done. Yeah, there's it, it's pro- there's probably uh, – it looks like some uh, – there's probably some little uh, mapping program that it was created with. Oh, oh the was handouts. That? The handouts oh, are good yeah. too as well. Yeah, I'm going to say the photographer. That's what this is. Yeah, I oh. dig the handouts in this one. Yeah. I like the, the one. The two handouts are really good. It goes, Adventurers Wanted. Explore a lost ruin. Keep all treasure. See Records Keeper for details. <laughs> the only thing that kind of – the only thing that threw me off on this one was when wherever there was the rooms with it with creatures in it, there was no stats for the creatures up there. And yeah. you had to go to the back of the module. That was, only, that was like one of the distracting things for me. And the format of the monsters in the back – 
Now that's good because now now I'm just assuming that the reason he put down some of them and not all of them because I see the zomb I see zombies and the sons of curse as if they didn't have a monster manual. But I don't know if he, I, like I said, it's all good. Now I did like the one little magical item he had in here. Where was that thing? It was a powder. I saw. I read it here last night. Oh yeah, it's a powder that went. Well, I, bet you, I should be saying these things that when thrown into a fire will double the fire in size and heat. <laughs> And that's only non-magical fires. I thought that was a pretty interesting thing there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, overall, I mean, these were all well done. Uh, they, I'm very impressed. I, I, I'm extremely impressed by the writing skills and, and the thought that went into this, the imagination, the creativity was all off the scale. I, I have to admit, yeah. I, I really am glad. And if we didn't mention you, I don't think that we're dogging you. I know every one of y'all did well. I'm very impressed. And, right. and I want to say thank you for participating. And like I said, I, I, I let me work on this week and let's see what I can do as far as getting that more prize support. Yeah, I would, I would have to say to everybody who participated, you should all be proud of yourselves. Yeah. You, you did wonderful jobs. It was a tough decision to make. On, on who to to pick to to be our our, our winner and um uh, and I'm and I'm glad that at least we're going to have these all of them including the winner available to everybody to to look at and and to use and so everybody if anything if you get out of this your adventure is going to be out there for other people to use and enjoy yeah, and there's no profit being made on any of this, like uh, someone said. We're not taking your stuff and saying it's ours, and then we're going to sell it on Lulu or No, no. No. If you want it on Lulu, you take it, you put it up on Lulu, you print it out for yourself. Yeah, that's, yeah, we're, not, this is completely non-profit, so folks, yeah, those, that's all rumor and hearsay and God knows what else. Just some, just some morons talking, that's all. That's right. Jack wagons, Jack wagons, yes. But uh, you know, with that said, so we already know who the winner is. We already decided who that was. So let let, let me talk. Are we done with the modules now? Um, yeah, I guess so. I don't think there's anything else really to say. Uh, well, I want to talk about the future contests that are coming up. So I'm going to clarify oh. now. Okay, we're well, future contests. Okay, go ahead. Future. <laughs> These are things, uh, uh, things to come. So this provided, is what's going to happen. Provided that we all don't die on December twenty first. Go ahead. Oh yeah, man, that's all hogwash. Created by the that was created by the same people who said they was going to take all the stuff and sell it on Lulu for a profit. Yeah. <laughs> the Mayans. <laughs> the Mayans are going to sell over there. The Mayans said that too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, my plan is that we all know that there's going to be future reprints of, of, of products from the old school catalog. I think the next one is, is the Unearthed Can is the next one. Am I correct? Yeah, I think that's February, right? And then the next one after that will be the Slave Lord series of modules. Am I correct? And I think after that, aren't they reproducing the S series or the Giant series? I think. Uh, S. A series. The, the A and S. A and S. Okay. With that being said, I will ensure that I get multiple products uh, through donations because I always get it. I get a lot of support, prize support from certain companies to, to do stuff at the conventions for them. So what I'm going to do is uh, we'll have another contest to give out uh, this excess material. It won't be as, uh, as, as deep and, and, and lengthy as this one. Okay. So, 
Yeah, so, I, you know, next time we'll do it. We'll just do like a, uh, maybe a, uh, I'm trying to think of something. Uh, I don't know. What do y'all think? A song contest. A song contest? Oh, and then they sing on, oh, that, that's just great. Prove your bardic skills. <laughs> no, how about design the new intro for the Roll for Initiative podcast? Oh, it doesn't have to be too fancy. I mean, someone could just do some nice music, find some music somewhere that we can use, and put some mix it a little bit, and put some roll for initiative podcast or something in front of it. Maybe. Well, that would be good. The winners of these contests, I will certainly ensure that we give out multiple prizes instead of just one. Right. Uh, Give out two. Huh? We'll give out two prizes, right? (laughs) No, I'd rather give out more than that. Five prizes. Well, let me see how much I get. I, I can guarantee at least three. A first, second, and third place would be ideal. I wouldn't mind having a fourth because, I, I mean, I'd I like to give more. If, if we have more participants, then I think I can give out more prizes. You know, because we only had seven submissions. You know, I, I sh- we should have gave out at least three, and I feel pretty bad about that. I, I'll see what I can do this week and work into next week. So don't be disappointed that you didn't win. You still might get something out of this, and then we'll work on number two, number three, and number four. All right. Okay. But uh, my intent is I will do a contest for the Unearthed Akana reprint. So that's at least four books right there. And I do intending on do the uh, contest for the modules that are being released. And that's four of each of them. I don't know what their formats I have. Be. I have an idea for the Unearth Arcana one. What's Go ahead. That? Just throwing this out here. Maybe we can have a contest to where maybe another uh, adventure design thing, but maybe and co- uh, take a, like three elements or however elements uh, that are out of the Unearthed Arcana and use them in an adventure. You know, that makes a lot of sense. And, and in this case, it won't be 25 rooms. We'll make it a lot shorter than that. Maybe like maybe a 10-room thing? Yeah, maybe yeah, something 10, you would rooms. see in like uh, Dungeon Magazine. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. That would be good. And I was just thinking like maybe you have to take X amount of things out of the Unearthed oh, excuse me. <laughs> Unearth Arcana. Is that in Unearth Arcana? Can incorporate them in the adventure. Maybe a couple of magic items that were in Unearth Arcana. Maybe some of the uh, different uh, spells, stuff like that. Yeah, so I'm definitely going to take those and make a profit off of. No, I'm kidding. No, <laughs> that's mean. I want twenty percent. You get five. Okay. Mac gets twenty. Yeah. yeah. I get nothing. This all comes out of my pocket. And we'll get zero. <laughs> I just go in the hole. Yes, right. You just go in the hole. It's correct. But so, one thing what? we also could do, we could also open up thoughts and ideas to what kind of contest they would like to see. So if, if the contest is viable, then we could take suggestions from the, our listeners out there if, if, if they want to see a particular type of contest for a certain type of product. You know what? It doesn't have to be a special print, too. It could be like a module. Maybe someone wants, I don't know, well, maybe you have some extra, for example, Ravenloft module sitting around. and right, that, right. that could be a prize. That was just an example. Right. I'm okay. not saying so, but. Yeah. Maybe the main prize will be the reprint of the Unearthed Arcana, and then the other prizes could be the original Unearthed Arcana that's oh not falling God. apart. That's not falling apart. I am definitely going to get a copy because my, well, it depends. Are they going to incorporate the errata? 
Um, they said they may. I'm not sure. Right. I, I know. So. I know for the three five, they did incorporate the errata for the first edition. They didn't. So uh, who knows? They never released an unearthed arcana with errata in it. So I seriously no. doubt they'll do it to this. They one. only did an unearthed arcana. The only errata that I know of was it was in Dragon Magazine for Unearth Arcana. Hey, there I know. was like a couple of pages that you could like you know print out that they had in a in Dragon Magazine. You had to photocopy it. Hey, another prize contest could be write a Hackmaster module. That would be for April Fools. <laughs> yeah, <it would> be. <laughs> no, I'm serious. That would be a great April Fools contest. There you go, and you get you get a free Hackmaster basic book. But it has to have a parody status to it. It can't be the serious adventure. It's got to be have parody to it. Yeah. <laughs> you have to do. You have to get every rule wrong. Okay. <laughs> if we did the parody one, we would have to say you need must incorporate Arnold in his chopper, orcs with pig faces, and clerics with edged weapons, and King Kong Bundy. Yes. Yes. You gotta have King Kong. That's it. That's our next contest. And Christopher Walken's gotta be in there too. Yes, no. a D and D adventure with King Kong Bundy. Yes, yes, where King Kong Bundy is the big villain you have to do battle with at the end. Fighting the dragon, he's gonna stand there and go, "Hey, you, big red guy, I'm gonna stab you through the skull." There you go. There you go. My <laughs> plus five broadsword. It's gonna hurt bad. <laughs> There, there's my dragon fighting Christopher Walken. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, I guess that's going to wrap up the show. Yay! Congratulations to our winner yes. and all of our participants. And congratulations to Will. For what? The devil. He's the devil. The devil. <laughs> the a little story behind that, everyone. Don't worry. You don't want to know about it. Congratulations for pigs with work faces. Yeah, that. Oh, yeah. I saw that one guy's comment. There's no pigs with orc faces in here. So I said, great. I mean, orcs with pig faces. <laughs> he did I it said it again. Gosh. That's going to be and there's a cutoff to him doing it again. <laughs> you heard it here first here, folks. Will saying it wrong yet again. <sighs> I think Will's under a charm spell. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he's playing too much Hackmaster. <laughs> maybe not. not, not. Well, I'm not it seriously enough. I don't know. Maybe. Oh, keep it original. Keep it old school. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night, everyone. See y'all later. Bye. 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 Roll for initiative. <laughs>